Good morning, Church on the Rock. All these people, that was kind of weak, man. That was just kind of, just a little bit. I mean, they was loud at first service. Hey, my name is Rashad Cunningham. I'm one of the pastors here at Church on the Rock. I'm so grateful. I see a lot of new faces. We call you guests, not visitors, because we were waiting on you to get here. We kind of expected you to come, so we call you guests. Uh, thank you for being here. We know it's nothing that we did. There's nothing special that we do that's unique or gimmicky. We just love people, love God, so uh, we just believe if you're here, you're here because God appointed you to be here. And I'm going to talk about that a little more as we get into the sermon. So the reason we do that is because 11 o'clock can still be a time that we're kind of tired and it's a Sunday, got to work tomorrow. Maybe you already think about 4th of July. So we want you to be focused here. So we scream as loud as we can. I'm like, good morning, Church on the Rock. And you scream back because that's the energy I want during the sermon. Now, I want to apologize ahead of time before we do this one more time. Um, my headphone mic is gone, so if you see me start doing like this while I'm, it's just my background, okay? So, like, my bad, all right? I'm sorry. If I start rapping while I'm preaching, don't, don't get moved the wrong way, all right? No, but that's why we do it, so please, when I say good morning, Church on the Rock, you say good morning, Rashad, and then we will open up God's word. Good morning, Church on the Rock! Good morning, Amen. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. So, today, we're going to prayerfully close out our series that's opening up our five-year journey in the book of Romans. Yes, five years we're going to be spending in the book of Romans so that we can do it right. Uh, we've opened up two weeks ago talking about the word slave, and it rubbed a lot of us the wrong way because of the context that we heard it in. We thought of African-American slavery. We thought of the U.S., and we're like, we don't like that word. But when we looked at it in the context of the Roman culture, we found that if we're really calling ourselves Christians in full obedience to God, full obedience to Christ, then that's, that's the only word Paul could use is slave of Christ. So I challenged you to ask yourself, do you see yourself as a slave of Christ? Do you actually believe in Christ as your Lord? Because many of us professing Christians call on the name of Jesus as Lord, but we only want a Savior so that we can get out of hell for free type of thing, right? We don't want a Lord. In fact, we, we treat Christ like a side chick Savior, real like for real. That's, yeah, yeah, let that hit you real quick. You treat Christ like somebody you only need to talk to or spend time with on the side away from all the important things of your life, right? But slave to Christ means he owns you, means you were bought with a price, right? The blood, the cross, he bought you with the price, so you are willingly saying that he owns you, full control of you. So, so we looked at the word doulos, which was slave, and then last week we looked at the word Christos, which was Christ. And we said Christ is not Jesus' last name, right? Some people think Jesus Christ, Christ is his last name, and there was Mary Christ and Joseph Christ, but that's not true. No, no, Christ is his title, the title of the Messiah. And that we said, just like the beanie boos that I had up here, the little, the little beanie boo thing, there's specific things that he had to, there's a requirement from the Old Testament that he had to meet every single prophecy about him to have that title of Christ. So he alone is Christ, and Christ is Lord, and Lord is Yahweh, so Jesus is Yahweh. And we talked about all of that good stuff. So we're going to finish that verse and yes, it took three weeks to do one verse, but it won't be like that all the time, okay? Like that's, we're going to keep it moving. But we're going to look at Romans 1.1 today, Romans 1.1, and it says, Paul, a slave, we say bondservant because the English translation tries to be sensitive to the culture, but Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. So we're going to be looking at this called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. The name of this sermon series is Allow Me to Reintroduce Myself. Why? Because when we're opening up the book of Romans, there's a lot of things we have to redefine in our minds to really understand what Paul is writing about. Like I said, we have our own ideas of what a slave is. We have our own ideas of what the Christ means. All these words that you're going to be seeing, I'm trying to give you a foundation so you know what you believe. Remember, as a pastor, I'm responsible for providing the information. I'm responsible for providing an example. But your response to my information and my example is on you. 
So this is why I say take notes. Listen to the sermon again. Me and Corey were talking the other day. There's no way you can listen to these sermons one time and actually grasp everything that's in there. It's like when I watch, like, one of my Marvel movies, right? Like, I can't watch it one time. I have to watch it two, three times to catch every little detail in the movie. Well, you're not going to catch everything just today. So we challenge you to go past Sunday and and really dig in with us. So we started off with uh, reintroducing our role, slaves, reintroducing our ruler, Christ, and today we are reintroducing our responsibility. Today, we're reintroducing our responsibility. So Paul shows us all this in verse 1. And what we're going to do is we're going to do a couple more word studies, honestly, before we get into the bulk of the book. So today, we're going to be looking at this phrase, uh, starting off with called as an apostle. Go, Go back to the verse real quick for me, Jason. So he says, Paul, a slave of Christ, called as an apostle. Now, here's the thing. In the Greek, in the manuscript, in the actual translation, it actually says a called apostle. And that's very important. So does everybody know what a verb is? We're going to do English class real quick. Everybody know what a verb, what's a verb? Somebody, I'm going to call on you. Don't raise your hand and say, what's a verb? An action. All right, action. The verb is an action. Okay. So, for example, I, I, um, I'm teaching the sermon, right? I am teaching this sermon. So uh, the pastor is teaching Uh, this sermon. That's an action, right? Teaching is an action. Teaching is a verb. However, if I said, I am the teaching pastor, it's no longer a verb. It's an adjective, and it's called a verbal adjective, okay? It looks like a verb, but it's an adjective. In the Greek of this phrase right here, where it says called as an apostle, it actually says a called apostle. So called is normally a verb, right? Like, Hey, I called, I called you, Doug. You know, I called you. I made a phone call. Or God has called you to a, a ministry, Zach, or something like that. Like, you've been called to this or called to that. And we always hear this in the term of, hey, I was called to the ministry. I was called to this. But Paul is using it as an adjective to describe himself. And that changes the way that you want to look at this. He's a called apostle. Why would he have to say that? Why would he have to say, I'm a type of apostle? Well, because there were false apostles in the time as well. So what he's saying is, I'm actually an apostle because somebody made me an apostle. I'm an apostle because somebody gave me that title. Somebody put that title on me. Somebody appointed me to be an apostle. I'm not an apostle because I woke up one morning and said, hey, I woke up like this. You know what I mean? Like, that's not how that works. But there were some who did that. Some saw the power and authority that they thought came with the title apostle. So they're like, well, I mean, if they treat the apostle like that, then I'm an apostle too, right? You get on Facebook, you got all these pastors. They, they titles are pastor this, pastor that. And you're like, oh, man, where, where are you shepherding? They're like, I don't shepherd nobody. I just feel like I'm a pastor. And you're like, but, but that means you have a flock. No, 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 I'm a Facebook pastor. I got YouTubes. I got followers on YouTube. And it's like, no, man, that... So you just called yourself a pastor? Yep, because I feel like a pastor. So I would have to say, hey, I'm a called pastor. Like, I've actually been appointed to this. I didn't just wake up one day and say I'm a pastor. So when we look at, um, give me 2 Corinthians real quick. So Paul actually wrote this letter to the Romans from the city of Corinth. In the city of Corinth, this is what he was dealing with. So he's writing a letter to the Romans from the city of Corinth. And here's some of the things that were going on there. So in Corinth, he says, what am I doing? This is Paul talking. What am I doing? I mean, excuse me. He says, but what I am doing, I will continue to do so that I may cut off opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we. So he's like, I'm going to keep, I'm, I'm going to keep preaching, teaching the word. I'm going to keep doing what I do. Why? So I can cut those off who are saying that they're just like me. Zach, if I came up in the shop and was like, man, throw me them clippers, bro. You're going to be like, no, man, like, I, I need your credentials. I need to know with, that you actually know how to fade and all that. Be- because you, you can't just come in here and say you know how to do what we do, right? So he said, I'm going to keep doing what I do to show that they're not who we are in the matter about which they are boasting. So they're bragging. I'm an apostle. Look at me. Apostle Shad, right? And it goes on. And he says this. He says, for such men are what? False apostles. So this is why he's using this when he's introducing himself to this church that's never met him, heard about him. They've heard about him, but he's like, look, my calling, my my appointment to this position 
has nothing to do with me. I didn't choose this myself. I didn't make this title up. God appointed, God called me. I'm a called apostle. He goes on, he says, those false apostles are deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. Keep going. He says, no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. And then he goes on and he says, therefore, it's not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, whose end will be according to their deeds. So he's saying, like, their, their master, in a sense, their Lord, in a sense, Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. In other words, Satan, the Satan you see on TV with the ears and the tail and the pitchfork, he ain't, gonna, he ain't coming to you like that, all right? Satan is coming to you like that chick that you work with who you ain't got no business talking to, who's flirting with you and telling you that you look better than what you actually look so that you can cheat on your wife. That's what Satan's coming to you looking like. You know what I mean? Satan is that car in the parking lot that you know you can't afford, but it's just calling me, right? Satan is that extra burger when you know you didn't have too much to eat. And you, and you know you want to unbutton your pants a little bit. and you say, that, That's how Satan comes. He doesn't come looking with horns and this pitchfork to scare you away. And, he, and, and, you know, they say the greatest trick the devil ever played was making the world believe he didn't exist. Like, why? Why? Because if Satan exists, then God exists. So I really don't want, I don't want you to know I actually exist in a sense. So, so look at this, though. But, but getting back to the point, false apostles in the same way, they don't come in here saying, Jesus is not the Messiah. They don't come in here saying Buddha this or Allah that. No, no. They come in here saying just enough deceitful information that is not the gospel. Just enough. It, it, remember, when the serpent spoke to Adam and Eve, surely you won't die. Like, like are you sure? Are you positive? I just, I, if I can just create doubt, I can win. These false apostles, these false preachers, these false pastors who we willingly let anybody speak into our lives without any credentials, right? They, they, they say just enough of that prosperity gospel. Hey, don't you think a loving God would want your best life today? Sorry, the Bible says you are going to suffer. It says when you suffer, not if you suffer. No, 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 no. A loving God wouldn't do that. A loving God wants you to have your best life now false preaching but it sounds so good and it's so close and they even use the bible verse right so paul is like uh uh i'm not that youtube preacher who looks cute and says it in a way that's charismatic and has a lot of likes and follows so i call myself a pastor no no i'm actually appointed by god to do this even now even here as a called pastor at Church on the Rock, as an ordained pastor at Church on the Rock, all of those are adjectives. That means, that doesn't mean the church or you human beings made me the pastor. No, no. You affirmed what you believe God is doing. That's what an ordination is, human affirmation of God's appointment. So you're saying when you, when you call me the pastor of Church on the Rock, when you ordained me, when we ordained Jason, you're saying, I believe with everything in me that the Lord himself has appointed Rashad and appointed Jason to be the overseers of Church on the Rock. I am affirming that truth. So now, my authority over you as your spiritual overseer is not because I chose it. It's not because I worked my way into it. It's because you said you believe that your Lord, who's in control, put me in this position and entrusted me with your souls. Changes everything. So what does that look like in the rest of your life? This is why people are like, hey, when's the next membership class? Well, we want you to sit here for a little while. Really get to know who we are before you join Church on the Rock. Really see the ups and the downs. See the good preaching, see the bad preaching, see the good singing, see the bad, see the good days, see the bad days. Why? Because we want you to feel like you are a called member to Church on the Rock. See, there's two, there's two different type of members. There's member A who's not called, who comes in, 
oh, man, sermon was dope. The singing was good. Everybody hugged me on week one. I'm ready to join on week two because I like the singing. I like the preaching. And on week three, it's a different preacher. I don't know if I liked him. Jason, just playing with you. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway. And, and, and then, oh, it's a different singer. Oh, they did gospel the first week. They did, they did that Christian contemporary stuff this week. I don't know if I like that. Oh, I don't like the, 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 the teachers and the youth. And, oh, they, I just realized they don't got carpet on the floors. What kind of sanctuary ain't got carpet? I just realized this is a garage. What kind of sanctuary is in a garage? I don't like this church. I'm four weeks in. I know I joined, but I'm going somewhere else. And all you hear is preference, preference, me, me, I, I. What happens when church member B says, you know, I've prayed about it, I fasted maybe even, I've been in God's word, I've taken my time, I've built relationships, I went to the class, I saw what they believed, and the more I prayed about it, the more I felt a call, an appointment to be here. Is everything the way I would have it if I was running the church? Nope. Does Rashad preach the way I, that my old pre preacher or my old pastor preached? Nope. He wearing shorts today. Uh-oh, y'all know what that means, right? Uh, it's what about the way they do this or the way they do that? No, but, but I feel like my Lord, who I am a slave to, who's in control, has appointed me, has placed me at this church. Therefore, it ain't about me. It's not about me. So, so this is what happens. Now when I realize it's a garage and it doesn't have this and it doesn't have that, I'm just trying to be a part of the solution because I'm here. I don't have a choice. I've been appointed. I've been called. So which one are you? Why are you here this morning? What, what are you, like, that doesn't mean it has to be, like on, like, on the spot. I walk in. Yes, this is what I'm supposed to. But are you at least praying through it? Are you at least thinking through it? Because this is what happens. You become the common denominator for all them churches you start church hopping, right? Like, like no, it really is you. It's me, not you. No, it is you. <laughs> it's really, yeah, it is. It's you. It ain't us. It's you. This is, this is what you got to start asking yourself. Like, when you get in ministries, start praying through it. Get in, serve. I get that. But start asking, is this where I'm appointed? Because if not, this is what you're going to do. You're going to half-heartedly do it. Or you ain't going to do it at all. And then you cause the whole body to suffer because you ain't doing your part. Because you don't like it no more or you're bored or you're this or you're that. It's like, well, then get somewhere where you are called to be. And if you're a Christian, you are called to be somewhere serving in some manner. He didn't appoint you to a church to sit. He appointed you to a church to serve. So all of you Christians who have been appointed to this church in your belief and ain't got nothing you doing in the church, we got a problem because that's not the Bible. And that's not a guilt trip. Once again, that's just what the Bible says. The Bible says you should function in the church family that he has placed you in. Every member of the body has a function. So why are we just sitting around waiting on what? If anything, serve and pray while you're serving to see if it's for you. But at least serve, at least function, because it's what the Bible says. So Paul says, I am a called apostle. I don't, have a, I don't have a choice in this outside of obey or disobey, but this is what he has for me. Y'all remember, I went to North Central for half of my freshman year. Big, big school. And I remember going to lunch. And when you got to lunch, I mean, it's a, it's a huge school. They had like five lunches. But the mo I had anxiety because I would walk in and say, which table do I sit at, right? If I sit over here, I'm a thug. If I sit over here, I'm a square. If I sit over here, I'm a geek. If I sit over here, then I'm this. If I sit over there, I'm that. Like, all these different choices of where I want to sit and what that label's going to And I just got a whole bunch of anxiety. Where am I going to sit, right? Like, where am I going to sit? I don't know where to sit at lunch. But when I went to class, I didn't have that problem. Why? Because there was assigned seats. I walk in. I don't have a choice. Teacher says, sit there. I don't like him. I don't care. <laughs> That's your appointed seat. That's your assigned seat. You ever notice how choices is honestly what makes anxiety? And therefore, if you just choose what God has for you, if you just choose what the Lord has for you, you don't have to be all worried and anxious about everything. Think about, like, how many of you got Netflix? Isn't the biggest problem with Netflix all the choices? 
You're just sitting there for 45, you could have watched the show, but for 45 minutes, you're skipping through Netflix. Why? Because you got all these choices, and you're trying to figure out where to put your time. You're like, man, I, I will watch that, but it's only got two seasons. I need seven seasons because I need to last for a long time. And I will watch that, but the reviews on that, and you just keep going. 45 minutes later, you still ain't watched nothing because you got all these choices. But when you ain't got no cable, you ain't got no Netflix, and you just got a little antenna and only one channel work, guess what you're going to watch? That one channel. Because don't nothing else come in. I ain't got no options. I can only watch one channel, right? It's the same thing. Like Paul saying, I don't have a choice in this. If I want to, if I say I'm a slave of Christ, then I've been appointed to this position. So he's called. Adjective. Start asking yourself in your life, what are you doing that you actually feel God has appointed you to? And then ask the harder question, what are you doing that God hasn't appointed you to? What are you doing in your life right now that you're like, you know what? Just, just off the Bible alone, I know this is not what I'm supposed to be doing, and I'm doing it. And then I'm mad at God for the consequences. And he's like, well, I never appointed you to do that. And, and, and this is why we're, we so freely allow people to go to other churches. People say, Rashad, why don't you chase people when they go to another church? I say, well, they told me they felt led, called, like appointed to another church. Why am I going to fight with God about that? Now, if their hearts are in the wrong places, that's on them. But if they feel appointed, I'm celebrating. Oh, God gave you another assignment? Amen. Because I would hope people would do the same for anybody else here, right? I love, I love everybody in here, but we've lost great church members who serve at a high level to appointments in other places. And we celebrate it. It hurts, but hey, he, he called you. He called you and appointed you to that church over there or to that ministry over there. Amen. We, we want to be where God is at. Amen. All right, so that's, that's the word called. It, it's, it, it's an adjective in this sense. It's describing the type of apostle he is. But now I want you to be reintroduced to the word apostle. I want to reintroduce you to the word apostle. So he's a called apostle. Now here's the unique thing about apostle in the Greek. In the Greek, um, in the New Testament, you see it a, a lot. You see it like 82 times in the, in the New Testament. But in the regular Greek language of that day, of the Roman culture, you would not see apostle as a noun. Like, I wouldn't, Doug, I wouldn't call you an apostle. That's not really how they used it. The word was more used in the regular secular Greek language as sending out, simply sending out. Simply to send out, to send, to, to place on the envoy, to go out. So what we have to do is we have to think about last week. Remember last week we talked about the Septuagint? We said there was a, there's an Old Testament Bible that was translated into the Greek, and the, Bible, the Old Testament Bible in its original form is Hebrew. So the Septuagint is the Greek translation of the original Bible. And the reason that's important to us today is because in the book of Romans, Paul quotes 90% of the time, the Septuagint Bible, not the Hebrew Bible. So it tells us how we can look at some of these words. Well, if we look at the, the, the um, give me Ezekiel 3. Ezekiel 3. So if we look at Ezekiel 3, I want you to see this. Ezekiel is talking. He says, then he, he being God, said to me, son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak with my words to them. Keep going. He says, for you are not being sent. That word right there is the word we get apostle from, right there, sent. And it's, it's not used as a noun, it's used as a verb, right, like sent. You're not being sent to a people of unintelligible speech or difficult language, but to the house of Israel. Keep going. He says, nor to many people of unintelligible, unintelligible speech or difficult language whose words you cannot understand. But I have, here it is again, sent you to them who should listen to you. He goes on, and he says, yet the house of Israel will not be willing to listen to you, since they're not willing to listen to me. Surely the whole house of Israel is stubborn and obstinate. So, like, that's important because in the Greek translation of the Old Testament, it uses the same word that Paul uses when he says a called apostle. So, the word itself really means sent one. You are a sent one. He said, I am an appointed sent one, okay? That's important because this actually is a word that in the church today, um, let me be careful with that. In the church today, there are many ministers who want to be called apostle. They're like, I am Apostle Rashad, right? And the first argument is the, the, the capital A apostle, like the big A apostle, 
is somebody whose qualifications had to include standing face to face with Jesus. Is it, I mean, Jesus has been gone since like 33 A.D. or something like that, 30 A.D. Um, so if you think anybody today has been face-to-face with Jesus, I don't know how that works for you, but I'm not probably not face-to-face physically with Jesus, right, since specifically from Jesus. So that word apostle is a title. It's normally people looking for authority. They're looking for authority. I'm the apostle Rashad. Specifically, Jesus chose me to talk to you, so y'all don't even need to vote on this. I'm just telling you, I'm sent from Jesus. Don't work that way, all right? But then there's this little a apostle that does work actually for everybody who is a believer. Why? Because everybody has been sent out. Everybody is a sent one. Jesus said, look at this, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. I'm the ruler. I'm the Lord of all. Go, that's the sending, go make disciples. You're a sent one now, all right? Now look at this. That word in its context would normally talk of an official sent out by a king or a ruler, right? So if, if, Jer- if me and you are at war, okay, you are over the country of Stone, right? And I'm over the country of Cunningham, all right? And, and you were like, okay, I'm going to send... I'm going to pick on you since you're up here. I'm going to send Zach. Okay, Zach is under your rule. And you say, hey, Zach, uh, I see that we're about to defeat his country. Go tell him he's a no good, um, bad looking whatever, right? And Zach's like, but if I go tell him, he'll kill me. And you're like, no, no, no. You go tell him what I said, exactly how I said it, regardless of how he responds to you, because I own you and I have sent you. You see how that works? This is the context that Paul's thinking of when he calls himself an apostle. I've been sent out not to go where I want to go, not to say what I want to say, but to do what the one who has sent me told me to do. So I have to go where he wants me to go. I have to say what he wants me to say to whoever he chooses. So when the Bible says, go make disciples of all nations, I don't care if you don't like black people. I don't care if you don't like white people. I don't care if you like this, Republicans, Democrats, homosexuals, this, it doesn't matter. All means all. I'm sending you out to all, not the people you're comfortable with, not the people you prefer. All means all. You don't get to choose. You don't get to choose. You don't belong to yourself. An apostle was sent out belonging to somebody else. Well, what do I say? You say exactly what I told you to say. (laughs) Tell them about the gospel. Tell them about Christ. Matthew 10 is a very good passage that we want to look at when we're looking at this, this understanding of this. Look what Jesus says to the disciples. Behold, look at that. There's the word apostle. Behold, I sin. Okay, there's the word right there. You out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Now, now think about this. If you were a sheep, right? (laughs) If you were a sheep, would you choose to go out in the midst of wolves? Like, the wolves would be like, you're looking like a snack, right? <laughs> like, like, for real, right? Would you choose to go out in the midst of wolves? You wouldn't choose that. You would not choose that. But if you are his sheep, you have no choice to go out in the midst. I send you out. He didn't give you an option. He said, no, no, this is what you're going to do. If you actually belong to me, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go out in the midst of wolves. You're going to go out, you're going to be shrewd as serpents, innocent as doves. Keep going. He says, but beware of man, for they will, not might, not maybe, they will hand you over to the courts, scourge you in their synagogues. Keep going. He says, and you will even be brought before governors and kings. Look at this. For my sake. In other words, it's not about you. I'm not asking you to do this for you, for your wife, for your husband, for your kids. It's for my sake. Well, well, why? Because you called me Lord. See why you got to count that cost? See why you got to count that cost before you just go professing and confessing? See why we're so careful before we baptize somebody? We're like, hey, we want to know that you're actually sold out for Christ, that you actually are giving up ownership to him before we dip you in that water. We're not being holier than thou. No, we want to make sure you know what you're getting into because this is what we're going to hold you accountable to. You're going to be like, Rashad, why you keep bugging me to go make disciples? Because, <laughs> right? So he says, 
as, a, uh, as kings for my sake, as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. Keep going. He says, but when they hand you over, do not worry about how. So don't worry about how. And don't worry about what you are to say. For it will be given, uh, it will be given you in that hour what you are to say. Look, and he says, for it is not you who speak, but it is the spirit of your father who speaks in you. So look, he says, not only am I sending you where you probably don't want to go. Not only things are going to happen to you that you probably don't want to happen. But when it's time for you to speak. Don't even worry about what you say because I don't need you to say what you want to say. What you want to say is going to make me look bad. Yeah, Facebook people. (laughs) What you want to say is going to make me look bad. I don't need you to respond to that comment the way you want to respond. I need you to respond the way I told you to respond in my word. Well, respond with what? With my word. How? The way I told you to in my word. See the authority now? See, so, so Paul writing and, and living and planning church and all this, all of this that he's doing, he's like, I'm doing it on account of my Lord. This is what I've been sent to do. And, and it, it's crazy. I think of, um, uh, y'all know don't shoot the messenger? Y'all have heard that term? Don't, don't shoot the messenger. Why do we say that? Because we're like, because he's just giving the message. It's not even his message, right? But yet we live a life where we do that all the time. Like people, if, is anybody in here on our group me, our church group me, our church app, and you, and you get sick of the notifications, and what do you say? You say, I hate group me. But group me didn't do nothing. Group me's just the messenger. The person who put the message on the group me did it. Or have you ever been a part of a group text, right? And then after you're kind of done with the conversation, it keeps ding, 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 ding. You're like, oh, I hate group text. But the group text didn't do nothing. It's the people sending the message in the group text. In the same way, you have been sent out to give a message where people are going to say, I hate, insert your name. And that's cool. It's not your message. It's his message. So when they say that to you, they're actually saying it about him. Why are you offended? Why are you upset? You're not, you're not upsetting me. Like, hey, Hey, I'm just telling you what the Lord told me to tell you, you know, straight from his word. You don't like it? Okay. But, but see, this is what happens. People come into the church here, and I'm preaching, and, and I'm preaching on exactly what the Bible says. So let's just say I'm preaching, and there's a homosexual couple here. They're more than welcome here. Going to love them like I love everybody else, period. Don't care. If I'm preaching a text that says homosexuality is a sin, I'm not going to not preach it because they're here. Why? Because this is, I am up here to preach his word, not mine. Not my opinions, not my politics, not my nothing. Rashad, every, every time we say, remove me, I don't want them to hear none of me. I want them to hear all of you. So I'm going to preach your word. Somebody walk in here who is for abortion, and I say abortion is murder according to the Bible. I get it. All the sensitivity that comes with that, I understand. But if, the, if that's the verse we're on, I can't preach around it because you're here. Sorry, I, I can't do that. People don't like the police, and I'm preaching, hey, respect authority. Sorry, I, don't, I know you've probably been through some bad situations. Don't matter. Look what the Bible says. I can't tiptoe around that. So it doesn't change based on you, the recipient, or how I feel, the messenger. This is when you start seeing what true conviction is. When you read the Bible and it disagrees with your stance on something, it disagrees with what you think about something, the question becomes then, who's your Lord? Because if you won't change to what the Word says, then you're your Lord. Or if you change what the Word says for the person you're talking to, that's your Lord. I'm willing to disobey my Lord so that you don't feel bad. Well, then you're my Lord. I'm willing to be more obedient to you than the one who sent me. That doesn't make sense. That's like sending the, that's like Jared sending Zach to say a message and Zach like, man, Jared, thank you to bomb, bro. Like, don't hurt me. Just send me back. <laughs> but then Jared going to be like, you didn't tell him that we about to kill him? He's like, nah, I told him he was the bomb because y'all don't want to kill him. <laughs> like, that don't mean, like, he's going to be like, why did you, off with your head. You know what I'm saying? I hope you wouldn't off with his head, but you know what. <laughs> so, so look at John 13, 16 real quick. I want, you, I want you to see this. Look, so I want you to see how the sending or the apostle has the same um, tone to it as a slave, as an actual slave. Look how Jesus says this. Truly, truly, I say to you, a slave is not greater than his master. That's doulos and kyrios. We went over those the last two weeks, but look at this. Nor is one who is sent, that's the apostle, greater than the one who sent him. 
See how Jesus parallels that? So that title wasn't a title of authority within himself. It was a title of authority because of the one who sent him. In the same way, the authority of a slave is because of the one who was his ruler, Christ. So I always think about it like this. I always think about it like this. Here's the way it hits me the hardest. Um, when, I was a, when I was a teenager, we had 17, 16 kids all together, right? But in the household at one time, I was the oldest in the household. So I'm 15, 16 years old. I'm watching ESPN, okay? And Larry, my little sister, Rena, who would have been like six or seven at the time, she come downstairs and be like, you need to turn it to whatever cartoon she wanted. And I'm like, girl, go somewhere. Bye, boo, move on. Like, I'm not turning from ESPN. The playoffs are on or whatever, right? But she would go back upstairs. And when she came back downstairs, Larry, she'd come back downstairs and be like, daddy said you better turn to the cartoons, now, it's the same message that she came downstairs with the first time around, right? But the second time, she came down with authority. Why? Because the Father sent her with the message. It's the same thing. Your authority when you're preaching the gospel, proclaiming the gospel, and speaking to other peoples is not because of you. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how, in a sense, of how, like, charismatic you are or how well you are in, you know, sharing the gospel. It doesn't matter how big of a vocabulary you have or how much training you have. Just preach the simple gospel. Just share the simple message, and God will take care of the rest. Because it's, it's his message, ultimately. I don't care how, you know, nice and cute you make it or how plain it is. It doesn't matter. Just preach the gospel. So that's what that one was. And then as we, as we get ready to get to this last point, I want to reintroduce the words uh, set apart, set apart. So he, he talks about being a called sent one who was set apart for the gospel of God. This word set apart in the Greek is where the Pharisees got their name from because they considered themselves the separated ones. So this is, this is nice how Paul uses this word because Paul originally was a Pharisee. So he was set apart for the law of God. But now he considers himself set apart for the gospel of God. Um, it's, it's, a, it's like taking something that's within boundaries and then putting it even into more boundaries for a specific use. Um, anybody ever had fine china? You know, when you put the china in the china cabinet? Or, oh, I didn't use this for a service. My mama had the good room with the plastic on the on the couch, you know, you put the and if you and if you sweating and you put your face on it, you stuck to it and all. She she had the good room with the plastic on her furniture. That room was set apart. It was still in the boundaries of the house, but you couldn't go in there because it was put aside for a special use. I ran in there all the time. I didn't care, but <laughs> but but that's what this term is. So I say all of that to bring it to this right here as we're closing out. Um, this is the part that hit me last, uh, last sermon um, off guard, so I'm a little bit more prepared for it. But I think it'll, I see some people in here that it might really hit hard. So the name Paul, okay, go back to Romans 1.1. I want you to see this. The name Paul means little or small, okay? Little, small. He was a little, small Ball-headed, bow-legged Jew. That's what Paul was. Um, who persecuted the church for many years. Um, he gives a track record of all the things he's done wrong to Christians, specifically to Christians. So little, small, um, a track record, a, a background that, that shunned and looked down on. And then when he introduces himself to these Romans, he says, I'm a slave I'm a, I'm a messenger of somebody else. I'm, I'm, I'm a slave of God. I've been appointed by God. I've been sent by God. I've been set apart by God for the message or the gospel of God. Do you know, um, quick testimony, if you knew me eight years ago, nine years ago, I, I'm a bad person by the world standards. I'm a very, very bad person. If you talk to my wife 10 years ago, I am the worst husband 
that ever lived. If you talk to my daughter 10 years ago, I am the worst example of a father that ever lived. You talk to my boys, he's the alcoholic. He's the one that doesn't know how he got to the next day. He's the drug pushing dude. He's the cussing out people dude. He's all these things, all these titles that I earned by my self-inflicted sins and all these titles of what the world would say about me. And I look at that name Paul and I'm, I feel real little and small among Christians. I feel unworthy up here. I feel like I shouldn't be among you preaching anything with no authority of anything. And then I realize we're all unworthy. And that title, slave of Christ, I'm not even worthy of that title. And that title, messenger of God, messenger of Christ, appointed by God, I'm here on appointment. This is what makes me who I am. It had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with simply me surrendering to what God had for me. And I'm looking at every single one of you in this room and saying God has the same for you if you would just surrender yourself to him. It's at that point that this word of God changes you. Not because you got yourself together or you stopped the drinking, you stopped the drugs, you stopped the infidel, you stopped the porn. You stopped, not because you stopped anything, but you simply surrendered to the one you call Lord. I stopped watching porn because God told me to. I stopped drinking because God told me to. I became faithful to my wife because God told me to. I am a slave of Christ, a messenger of God. Which is not just what I say, but with how I live. It changes every aspect of my life. And that one, that opening, opening verse right here is my life. Little, small Rashad, insignificant to the world, but making an impact on his community simply because he has surrendered his life to God. Not because he's a good speaker. Not because of the people that like him or anything. No, no. Because he surrendered all of himself to God you can have the same impact in this community. You can have the same impact in your family, in your workplace, if you would just give it over to the one who wants to use you. So what are you waiting for? So as we get ready to close out, so worship team comes up, the song we're singing is this. It's called Simple Gospel. There's a couple things. There's a part in there specifically that says, Lord, I've been told to be ashamed. Lord, I've been told I don't measure up. Lord, I've been told I'm not good enough. That's my story. Every time I'm around other pastors, the first thing they say is, where'd you go to seminary? I go, I, I didn't. <laughs> I've just been spending time with God. And he appointed me to pastor a church. And they look at me like I'm not good enough. Every time they post another podcast online, some, some Christian hits me and says, oh, you didn't do this, or you, and you're not good enough. And, and all these things want to tell me that I'm not good enough. But every time I respond, I respond saying, well, the Lord appointed me. And it was, the Lord, it was his message. It was from his word. And I was faithful to the text. So I don't care if you're bored this morning. Then you're bored with his message. I don't care if you're not entertained right now. That's, that's between you and him. I, my responsibility is to be faithful with the message I'm giving and ensure that it's a message from him. That's all I'm doing this morning. And that message says this right here. That gospel of God says that you are little. You are small. Far too small to save yourself. Far too small to get yourself right. Far too small to fight the demons that you're fighting by yourself. Far, far too small to overcome the things that have conquered you in life, the addictions that have conquered you in life. You're too small to conquer those demons. I've provided a big Savior who's already conquered death, already conquered sin, died for you so that he could buy you out of your slavery to sin so that you could be enslaved to him, a good, good father who wants to call you child, who wants to call you friend. When I found that out in 2011, 
because the rest of the world called me all kinds of other stuff. When I found that out in 2011 that Jesus wanted me, that Jesus wanted me, I gave everything up. And it was a simple gospel that led me to him. It wasn't big words and the Greek and all that. It was simply this. Rashad, I know the world has given up on you. I know it feels like nobody wants you, but Jesus Christ already died for you. He already made his proclamation that he wants you. He gave his life, died literally a physical death so that you could be free from those titles the world wants to put on you. If you just accept the title slave of Christ, child of God, messenger of God. So today I'm asking you to receive that simple gospel. If you're a non-believer, I want you to surrender your life now to Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Don't just get out of hell. Be in full obedience to him while you're walking here on earth. But if you're already a believer, the gospel is not about just what you share with your mouth. It's about what you share with your life. A lot of us are not living a life worthy of the gospel. So please stand up and sing. And let these words penetrate you. I want to know you, Lord, like I know a friend. I want to know you, Lord. I want to know you, Lord. I'm laying down all my 
to listen to this podcast this week. As we have been uh, through the sermon series, we'd like to take some time and just go over some rock responses. Rock response number one, Christ is my Lord. I believe Paul was appointed by Christ as his messenger. Therefore, I believe Paul's letters to the Romans has authority in my life. Rock response number two, if Christ is our Lord, then we are apostles or missionaries with a huge responsibility to accurately represent the one who sent us. Rock response number three. By the world's standards, I may be small or little, but God has appointed me, sent me, and set me apart for his message to the lost. As always, if you'd like to learn more about our church, please visit our website at www dot churchontherockbb.com